Hey guys, Julie here from Snow Day Productions. I want to give an appreciative shout out to one of our earliest and most enthusiastic sponsors. The University of Akron is proud to support the Akron Adventures podcast. The University of Akron, committed to building a strong and educated community in Northeast Ohio and beyond. Learn more at uakron.edu slash discover. Snow Day Productions presents Beef in the Night, Episode 6. Lisa was sitting on the ground by the signal tree, her mind racing, when Maya, Reggie, and Henry found her. She was absently playing with something in her hand, a sense of excitement and energy clear in the tension in her fingers. Told you, Maya said as they approached. When the creepiest horror movie fog rolls in, where will you find Lisa? Off by herself, near the woods, hanging with the creepiest horror movie tree. You found me, Lisa said. Look, we know you're upset, said Henry, mistakenly hearing tears in her voice. But even though we haven't solved this mystery, we know you didn't take those things. That counts for something, right? It does. Of course it does, you guys, Lisa said quickly. And I am worried. No, what I've found... I mean, no matter what we all know to be the truth. Miss Melanie is going to tell my parents, and I know they'll believe me, but... Everyone here will always believe I took that stuff. Unless... Ah! Maya shouted abruptly, jumping up as a single, enormous crow landed on one of the branches of the signal tree just behind Lisa. The quick flapping of its wings alarmingly loud in the fog, which seemed to press in on them all. Shh! Lisa shushed Maya and turned to look at the bird, noting its twisted left foot, the missing toe. You'll scare it! The crow leaned forward over the branch so it could look down at them, sitting on the ground below. Lisa dug into her pockets, but in her rush to escape that morning, she had forgotten to grab breadcrumbs for the crows. Shoot, she said aloud. I don't have anything to feed her. How do you know it's a girl? asked Henry. How do you know it's not? asked Maya quickly. Wait, do you know this bird? Like, this particular bird? Reggie whispered. Sort of. I bring the crows toast crumbs after breakfast every morning. Last year, too. They seem to like it. This one the most. They're not afraid of me at all anymore. Is it... Does it actually recognize you? Reggie asked, staring up at it, mesmerized. It looked back at her, and it looked... Smart. Like it knew stuff. Like it could think. Yeah, I think it does, Lisa replied. There's something in its beak, Maya said. Oh, I hope it's a mouse, she added too excitedly, and Reggie and Lisa both shot her identical, horrified looks. What? Birds gotta eat. I think I've read they collect things, Reggie said. Lisa paused and then laughed, which seemed kind of weird to the others. Yeah, that's true. She tossed the object in her hand up in the air and then caught it again. They recognize people and remember them. And they like shiny things. And they collect stuff, 
They're really, really smart. Henry was watching Lisa, listening to her as she talked, when he noticed the object she was tossing up in the air, catching, and then tossing again. It was round and shiny silver. Hey, um, Lise? He began. Lisa turned to look at him. Yeah? Uh, I don't know how to say this, but that really looks like a silver dollar. Like the silver dollar that Brody is missing. Lisa smiled. That's because it is a silver dollar, and it is exactly the silver dollar that Brody is missing. Oh my gosh, Lise, where did you find it? Maya cried, jumping up. Lisa's smile broadened as she realized that even though the stolen item was in her hand, her friends never thought to suspect her of taking it. Come here, Lisa said, I'll show you. She walked toward the tree and showed the others how to climb up, although Maya didn't need showing. The dark, twisting branches rose above their heads in the swirling fog. When they were all standing on heavy branches, leaning in as Lisa directed them toward the top of the trunk, the enormous crow flew into the air with a loud, irritated cough, flapping its wings and settling on another branch higher up. The trunk had a shallow, bowl-shaped indentation right at the top that wasn't visible from the ground. Lisa, grinning, gestured toward the lip of that hidden spot. Take a look, she said, handing Reggie her flashlight. Reggie stepped closer, making room for Henry and Maya to move their heads in close to hers. She shone the flashlight into the hole and... <gasps> no way! Holy moly! It's all here! And more! Lise, you solved it! They climbed down from the tree and all eyes turned to Lisa, whose grin was contagious. I know! All the missing stuff is here! And so much more! Stuff from earlier years, including a Camp Cuyahoga running medal from five years ago. Which means you couldn't possibly have taken it, said Reggie, jumping up and down in her excitement. Yeah, what about the lost camper's ghost theory? Asked Maya, backing away from the tree. This doesn't exactly crush that as a possibility. Seriously? Lisa asked. Maya shrugged. Hey, until proven otherwise, I'm open to any answer that doesn't lead to you. Lisa threw her arms around Maya in a huge hug. Thanks, she whispered. Lisa took a step back, blinking a little but still smiling, and she took a big, long breath. So, no, I don't think ghosts are the culprits, but I do have a theory. Like I said, I met these crows last year. They remember me. I feed them. They like shiny things. They like me. She paused, looking expectantly at her friends, who all stared back at her with blank faces. Lisa tried again. They're smart. I bring them stuff, so they bring me stuff? Wait. This crow framed you for stealing because he didn't like the burnt toast you were feeding him? Henry asked. Henry, said Reggie and Maya in unison. No, no, no. Think about it. The ring, the marble, the silver dollar, all shiny. The watch, it's there, in the tree, top of the pile. And crows have a better understanding of social situations and relationships than other animals. Lisa paused briefly, hoping they wouldn't think her conclusion was crazy. Guys, this crow has been snatching the shiny objects around camp and then dropping them off to me as presents, as thank yous. 
a show of gratitude to a friend, Maya said, smiling at Lisa. Exactly, said Lisa, returning her smile. Genius, Reggie added. So how do we prove it? Miss Melanie might have already called your parents, and the awards ceremony and parent pickup is tonight. We know what happened, but we have to convince the whole camp, and we're basically out of time, Henry said. The first thing we have to do is convince Miss Melanie. Yeah, the kids are going to be way harder, said Henry. You know what, said Lisa, sounding oddly elated. As long as my best friends believe me, and I know what the truth is, I'm not sure I even care. Lisa threw open the screen door to the Camp Cuyahoga office, and it banged against the wall. Henry, Maya, and Reggie followed her inside and stood right behind her, shoulder to shoulder. Miss Melanie, startled, looked up from behind a large desk with a small metal fan on it, whirring away and blowing her blonde hair back as if she were riding in a convertible. Miss Melanie was not smiling, which Lisa noted with some concern. Miss Melanie always smiled, even when there was nothing to smile about. She had her cell phone in her hand, but she slowly set it down on the desk. I'm glad you're here, Lisa, she said quietly. I'm afraid I was just about to call your parents to explain the, the unfortunate situation you're in. I'm afraid your possession of the stolen marble, as well as the incriminating location of Jessica's ring on the windowsill beside your bed, leaves me no choice but to conclude that you stole these items. Yeah, well, she's got Brody's silver dollar too, and she didn't steal that either, said Maya hotly. Lisa, Reggie, and Henry turned to stare at Maya in shock. What? I'm helping. Lisa turned back to Miss Melanie. I understand what this looks like, but I didn't steal those things. I didn't steal anything. That's what I came to explain. I figured it out. I know what happened. I know who really stole everyone's things. Despite her innocence and her friend's unshakable belief in her, Lisa's voice quivered a little. She could still be in big trouble. Lisa, this does not become you, Miss Melanie said, folding her arms on the desk and looking very sad. I know Camp Cuyahoga hasn't always been easy for you, but taking things from others without their permission can only make things worse for you. You understand that, right? And now that the truth is out, to suggest that someone else has done this, to try to put the blame on another child, well, but Miss Melanie, I can prove it, Lisa said. Her legs were trembling slightly. What if Miss Melanie refused to believe her? What if she called her parents and they had to come get her? See her leave camp disgraced in front of everyone? Miss Melanie frowned. What do you mean? I need to show you, Lisa said. Will you come with me? Miss Melanie looked at her for a moment, saw her clear, steady gaze. <sighs> All right, she said getting up from her desk. Let's go. As she followed Lisa out the door of the office, Miss Melanie stopped and turned to Reggie, Henry, and Maya, who were right on her heels. Where do you three think you're going? Where Lisa goes, we go, said Henry firmly. Duh, said Maya.
The night sky was velvet black, and outside the immediate vicinity of the roaring campfire, the stars twinkled brightly above the tree canopy surrounding Camp Cuyahoga. There were people everywhere, parents being dragged by the hands to see the arts and crafts that adorned the walls of the mess hall, blazing with string lights on the ceiling, kids chasing each other, darting into the shadows between the cabins and jumping out again to reach home base before being tagged. The last of the burgers and hot dogs had been eaten, and the last few s'mores lay cooling on a piece of wax paper on a log near the fire. Only one thing remained before camp was officially over for the summer, and the tired campers climbed into their parents' cars to head home. Attention critters! Please gather around with your parents. It's time for Camp Cuyahoga's annual closing ceremony. Reggie grabbed her mom's hand with her left and Lisa's with her right and moved toward Miss Melanie, who stood in front of the office door with a small table beside her and a clipboard in her hand. Lisa's parents were right behind them and Miss Wynne had her hands on Lisa's shoulders. Lisa looked around and saw Henry with his parents and Maya with her mom. We've had a wonderful week at Camp Cuyahoga, haven't we, critters? You've worked and played and cooperated with others to do both successfully. We're very proud of all of you. We've also had some fine, spirited competitions. And as is our tradition, we've got some winners to call out. Please hold your applause till the end. The Fighting Chipmunks won the soccer tournament and the team voted their captain, Maya, MVP. Brody and Henry tied for best artist this year. Brody for his stunning dream catcher. Honestly, I've never seen anyone work with pipe cleaners so skillfully. And Henry for the working loot he made from found wood and fishing line. Mason won the singles kayak race by several lengths for the second year in a row. And finally, Cynthia and Lisa won for best outdoor skills in the scavenger hunt. Please join me in congratulating our winners and every critter for a week well spent. <laughs> Folks, one more thing before you go, please, said Miss Melanie, and the people who turned to collect their gear and head toward their cars stopped. In addition to our traditional activities, we had an unusual situation this year that proved difficult and was only just resolved today. Lisa froze and her eyes met Reggie's. Reggie squeezed her hand. A few of our campers had some items go missing and the evidence seemed to point to one of our own having taken those items. Lisa felt every kid's eyes turn toward her. She stared straight ahead and refused to look at the ground. With her friend's loyal support, some quick thinking and determined sleuthing. However, this afternoon, the camper under suspicion proved her innocence beyond any doubt and solved the mystery of the missing items. Lisa, would you care to come forward and tell everyone the story? Lisa was shocked. She didn't know she'd have to speak. Everyone turned to look at her, including her parents. And she felt like she couldn't move couldn't even breathe. But Reggie squeezed her hand and with a huge grin said, go tell everyone. Lisa made her way through the crowd, which parted to let her through, and Miss Melanie gave her the microphone. Um, hi, said Lisa. She found her parents in the crowd 
and they looked confused but smiled encouragingly. Movement caught her eye, and she spotted Maya doing some sort of victory dance, elbowing someone's dad in the tightly packed crowd. So, like Miss Melanie said, a few things went missing. Little things, like a ring, a silver dollar, a marble. And even though I didn't know anything about what happened to them, the ring was found on the windowsill by my bunk, and the marble was under my bed, and people figured I'd stolen them. I was the only one who knew for sure that I hadn't. Lisa stopped, grinned, and corrected herself. I mean, my best friends and I were the only ones who knew for sure I hadn't done it, so we knew there was another explanation. See, I feed the crows every day, and if you don't know about crows, they're awesome. They like shiny things and they collect stuff. They're smart, social, great memories. They can recognize people's faces and remember them. And they can express gratitude, which they did with me. I fed them every morning and they picked up shiny stuff around camp and they brought some of it to me, like the ring and the marble. My friends and I found where they hid all the stuff they've been collecting, some of it for years, in the old signal tree by the woods. We brought it all back with us so everyone can hopefully find their stuff and, well... I guess that's it. Lisa handed the microphone back to Miss Melanie. Lisa was courageous and her friends were steadfast and they did indeed solve the mystery, said Miss Melanie. Should there be any remaining doubts, among the cache of stolen items was an engraved whistle my husband gave me my very first year at Camp Cuyahoga, 13 years ago. I am delighted to have it back. She held out a basket filled with an assortment of small, shiny objects. Please come look in the basket to see if any of these items belong to you. And that might mean older siblings and even parents. Some of these trinkets are years old, and some of you were campers here as children yourselves. And be sure to thank Lisa and her friends on your way out. And with that, Camp Cuyahoga bids all of its beloved critters a safe and happy year ahead. Until next summer! Half an hour later, Lisa and Reggie were headed toward the car with Lisa's parents and Reggie's mom, who'd driven up with them. Their arms were filled with rolled up sleeping bags, duffel bags, and backpacks stuffed to capacity. Around them, other families were headed to their cars similarly burdened with gear. Lisa had been congratulated loudly, smiled at shyly, and hugged soundly by so many people, she'd forgotten most of what was said. She was tired and happy, but glad to be going home. Who would have guessed that camp would be like this, said Reggie. I mean, you said you hated it and didn't want to go, but I never in a million years would have guessed you'd be accused of stealing things and we'd have to solve a case about you. Yeah, it was pretty crazy, said Lisa, stifling a yawn. I'll bet your parents don't make you come back next year, Reggie said. So that's one good thing about it. Hearing her name called faintly up ahead, Lisa squinted in the dark. Cynthia's parents were loading her many bags into the open trunk of their big black car. Cynthia, who had called to Lisa, waved hesitantly. Lisa also hesitated for a moment until she saw that Cynthia was wearing the friendship bracelet they'd won in the scavenger hunt, identical to the one Lisa had shoved inside her duffel bag. Lisa waved back, 
feeling not quite as tired as she had a moment ago. And Cynthia, with a big warm smile, got in the car and closed the door. I don't know, Lisa confided to Reggie as they reached their own car. I might decide I want to come back next year. Akron Adventures is written and produced by Marlia Weiss, Julie Drew, and Casey Shevlin. Our theme music is written and recorded by Philip Anderson. You can hear more from him at philipandersonmusic.com. Support for Thief in the Night comes from the Akron Children's Museum, Spring Garden Waldorf School, and the University of Akron. Don't forget to subscribe to the Akron Adventures podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app.